So I like that we're recording this on a day when delete Facebook is trending. Have you guys seen? Why is it trending now? So Mark Zuckerberg has been having secret meetings with conservatives. Oh, I read about this. The the interesting thing here is that he said that he was doing it to get other people's opinions <laughs> and that he does that to, you know, everyone to get their opinion. So, you know, Zuck, if you're listening, I'm, I'm available for dinner, uh, lunch or breakfast. And I am in San Francisco this week. As long as he buys. <laughs> <laughs> I do, however, feel that the reason why I'm in San Francisco might upset him to the point where he doesn't have lunch with me. So I'm out in San Francisco for the launch of something called The Glass Room. So it's a a, a pop-up exhibition that's kind of around online privacy. And they have some really interesting things that they're calling artefacts. So one of them is they have printed out all of his apologies and put them in a Rolodex so you can kind of go through and see all of Mark Zuckerberg's (laughs) apologies (laughs) and, and compare them to each other. We were talking to one of the artists the other day and what they've done is they've through Freedom of Information Acts and and that kind of stuff, got all of the information about political spending on Facebook. I was looking up Boris Johnson, the the British Prime Minister, and and seeing what he's spending money on. And it turns out, you know, he spent a hundred grand trying to convince people that no deal was was a good idea. Wow. You can look into all of these things and see how many people and who they were targeting and just the horribleness that is politics on Facebook. Wow. Uh, Yeah, so if you're in San Francisco, it's uh, running from October 16th to November. November 3rd. We are partnering with Firefox to, to do this. So you can go there, you can get a one password gift card and some great other pickup items. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, there's some really interesting things there. There's a, a set of books where you can look up your password if it's been included in the LinkedIn breach. Ooh. Oh, that's cool. I don't know. Uh, what was it in the LinkedIn breach? Like, it, it was in the, into the billions, I think, of passwords that were leaked. And so they've, they've printed them out and put them all in books. Yeah, they've got kind of facial recognition toys as well. They've got this huge Wi-Fi antenna that your phone will ping. And when your phone pings stuff, it actually lets out a little bit of information like other Wi-Fi networks that you've connected to. Oh, my gosh. So they've got this TV screen and you walk in and your phone pings this Wi-Fi network. And then it shows all of the networks that you previously connected to. Wow. So, I, uh, yeah, I walked in there and then, you know, there was my home Wi-Fi network name just <laughs> up on the TV. And it was, I don't know. Super scary. Gah. Yeah. It's... um. It's really interesting. They've got they've got talks happening all week as well. So yeah, if you're in San Francisco, I highly recommend it. Do you know what? They should have printed all of Zuckerberg's apologies on toilet paper, <laughs> and then and then uh, like stocked it into the restroom. Yeah, that's what it is. Just a load of. Uh, wow! Oh my god! Anna's coming in hot today. Yeah, Jesus. They should have taken every thing that. Has ever said and made people wipe their ass with it. Exactly. Woo! That's Great. probably a good thing I don't plan these events. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the British thing to do there is burn it. Little bonfire here. Right, yes. That's happening to the old guy folks. Another thing that's happening, I believe today, is uh, we're launching a partnership with a company called Pango. So Pango is a collection of security tools. There's an identity theft kind of management thing. Uh, There is a a VPN and and some other things. So, yeah, you can get one password in a bundle of of other projects. Shall we move on to Watchtower Weekly? We really should, yeah. So this week in Watchtower Weekly, The Verge reports that Twitter used phone numbers provided for security to target advertisements. Uh, Last week, Twitter announced that it 
quote, unintentionally let advertisers gain access to phone numbers and email addresses for advertising purposes, even though the information was provided by users for two-factor authentication. This is, again, this was a mistake. They quickly shut it down. Uh, According to Twitter, no personal data was shared with the company's third-party partners, and the, quote, issue that allowed this to occur, end quote, has been addressed. As of September 17th, phone numbers and email addresses are now only collected for security purposes, Twitter said. I mean, the the horrible thing about this is that... um you know, you're obviously using this information to secure your account. And actually what you're leaving yourself open to is, you know, I don't think you really have to go through many checks to be a Twitter advertiser, right? Probably not. So you could essentially, like, get a load of phone numbers that you know have Twitter accounts attached to them, which makes username theft pretty horrible. Yeah. Does Twitter have two-factor, like, proper two-factor, with a two-factor code? They used to only have it via the text message right yeah let's just search on twofactorauth.org for a second twitter uh sms hardware token and software token so yes sms only available on select providers phone number blah, blah, blah. i guess there's another good reason not to use the sms route though right i mean it's never a good idea to use the sms route yeah um i'm sure enough i've got i have the sms 2fa turned on for twitter so that's great <laughs> i'm going to see if i can <laughs> If I can fix this right now, yes. We can wait. No, it's, it's, it's fine. Oh, is this still your phone number? Yeah, I guess. Are you going to give it to advertisers? Like, what? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know, Twitter. But yeah, I guess um, Facebook has been taking a lot of the brunt of criticism over its privacy this year. So I guess it's mixing it up with Twitter this week. But they have had their own problems with, obviously, a few weeks ago, we spoke about Jack Dorsey's account being compromised. And then I think in May... They advised all users to change their passwords after a bug exposed them in plain text. They waited a long time to do that as well, I I think I remember. So uh, next we have uh, the Tom's Shoes newsletter, uh, which was hacked by a a very nice man. He had had it hacked for a while. like he, He had the vulnerability open to him for a while, and he couldn't quite decide how to use it. And so instead of, you know, stealing everybody's details or, or, or trying to fish people or anything like that, he just wrote, Hey, you... Don't look at a digital screen all day. There's a world out there that you're missing out on. Just felt like some people needed that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So cute. I, I feel like it's kind of in the nature of Tom's. Anyway. Yeah. They're the company that when you buy one pair of shoes, they send a pair of shoes to someone who needs them. Yeah, I like Tom's quite a bit as a company. So if they're going to get hacked, uh, this is a great way for them to It's a nice way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very on brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He has a good point. Yeah. Tom's is uh, investigating the incident, but so far it doesn't look like uh, anything was mischievously done, like payment card details were accessed or anything like that. They uh, said the company is asking for members of its mailing list to refrain from clicking on links or replying to the pleasant but unauthorized and illegal message. I like the hacker Nathan. He said, I had Tom's hacked for a while, but with a busy life and no malicious intent, it was pretty useless to have them hacked. He uh, acknowledged it with a simple, nice guy apology. Dear Toms, sorry for hacking you guys. No hard feelings, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anna, what's the what's the hack of the day? The hack revisited. So this week we've got 2014's Sony hack. And actually, this one's been majorly interesting for me to do some research for. I'm a massive cinema fan, so really loved looking into this one so it is my personal favorite of the hacks revisited if that's not too weird to say it is also our last hacks revisited of the series at the time this hack was being described as a pr nightmare for sony particularly because 
the company was already the subject of a large data breach involving PlayStation users in 2011, but also because this hack exposed many of Hollywood's dirty little secrets. Some say in light of this, Hollywood was forever changed. I'm not sure about that, but it did involve a lot of big celebrity names and it also got very, very political. Scarily so, actually, but we'll be going into that in a bit more detail later. I don't want to give away too many spoilers just yet. Sony Pictures Entertainment is reeling from what may be the biggest and most devastating computer hacking in Hollywood's history. The Sony hacking scandal. And it is not pretty. This morning, Hollywood abuzz as Tinseltown's dirty laundry is laid out in plain view. The curtain has been uh, ripped back and we, we are seeing all kinds of things that we would never have access to. Sony, a billion dollar company, produces some of the biggest hits in Hollywood and it depends on its relationships with the biggest stars. But this morning, those relationships may be in jeopardy. The embarrassing leaks unprecedented. And the big question now, how much could this cost a movie giant? Oh man, that's good. Wow, yeah, so I remember this. I remember this hack very vividly. Uh, Matt, can you take us back to the beginning? How how did this start? How did all this unfold? Sure. So uh, Monday, 24th of November marked kind of day one of the hack, or at least the uh, the awareness of a hack at Sony Pictures Entertainment Headquarters. Uh, a, a typical week begins, but the, the first sign of a digital breaking comes early that morning when an image of a, a stylized skull with a long skeletal fingers flashes on every employee's computer screen at, at the same time, accompanied by a, a threatening message. This is just the beginning. Uh, the hackers say, we've obtained all your internal data and, and warn that if Sony don't uh, uh, obey their demands they will release the the company's top secret if this happened to me i would just push the power button on my computer and go home i would be like, that's it all right we're done here for the day yeah i think i would just burn my computer <laughs> yeah, i'd smash it <laughs> i really would yeah. Yeah. throw it from a 10-story building this is beyond my pay grade <laughs> uh yeah but the skeleton thing was uh like something out of the movies like it's it's crazy yeah pretty creepy so uh, at 10 15 a.m deadlines Mike Fleming breaks the news that Sony Pictures has been hacked. Uh, phones and email service are paralyzed, as are all computers. The whole global corporation grinds to like an epic electronic standstill. Calling themselves the Guardians of Peace, uh, the, the GOP, unfortunately, unfortunate acronym, <laughs> uh, the hackers obtained some 100 terabytes of data stolen from Sony servers, which, you know, must have taken a while to transfer. Yeah. yeah. Five Sony films, including four that had yet to been released, are, are dumped on online file sharing hubs. Uh, within a week, Brad Pitt's Fury was already in cinemas, uh, would be illegally downloaded more than a million times. Uh, Still Alice and the remake of Annie were also among those that were not yet in theatres but were available to download. Multiple news organisations report that the studio has suffered a, a security breach but the, the depth and breadth of the breach hadn't really been grasped, at least outside the company. Last week, employees logging into their computers were greeted with the following image on their screens, hacked by hashtag GOP over a picture of a sinister-looking red skeleton. Over 100 terabytes of data stolen from Sony Pictures. The hack shut down the company's entire computer system, and according to the LA Times, employees were reduced to using old-fashioned pen and paper to complete assignments and, God forbid, taking calls on landline telephones. We even fired up our fax machine, one person told the paper. And days later, five of Sony's feature films leaked online, including four that have not yet been released in U.S. theaters. Now, reporters are digging through the documents, finding scandalous and in some cases embarrassing details. So how did this happen? 
Sony Pictures is huge. Its parent company has a market cap of over $20 billion. There are questions about whether the company was properly securing its data. Man. Yeah. So then we jump ahead to day five. The real plot starts to thicken, and the first reports surface that Sony suspects North Korea may be responsible for the attack in retaliation for their movie The Interview, which was a comedy starring Seth Rogen and James Franco about a plot to assassinate North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. A North Korean website previously called the interview, quote, an evil act of provocation. Sony's computer systems, email, voicemail are still down a week after the hack came to light. By day eight, uh, this hack just got dirtier and dirtier as the pre-bonus salaries of the top 17 Sony executives are leaked. The files also contain the salaries of more than 6,000 current and former Sony employees. Many sites, including Deadline, Published the executives' figures. Oh, God, that's so, that's just terrible. Meanwhile, Sony has hired a cybersecurity firm to help investigate the attack, and the FBI confirms that it has also launched its own investigation. One week and two days after the breach, Sony chiefs Michael Linton and Amy Pascal issue a company wide statement to employees about the attack, saying, quote, It is now apparent that a large amount of confidential Sony Pictures entertainment data has been stolen by the cyber attackers, including personnel information and business documents. And it turns out this information included things like employees' home addresses, login credentials, social security numbers, medical records, financial information, and more. Uh, A collection of Sony employees' scathing critiques of Adam Sandler movies is is extracted from a huge dump of stolen (laughs) stolen data. Uh, That's just the best. I mean, I don't blame them, to be honest. (laughs) But, I mean, really, like, that shows just the depth of the stuff that they were... That they were able to extract. Yeah, for sure. I'd go for that first. <laughs> the cache also contains PDF files showing the passports and visas of cast and crew members, including Angelina Jolie and Jonah Hill. Film budgets and confidential contracts, usernames, passwords of Sony executives uh, are also included in the dump. An early version of the script for Spectre, the next James Bond film, is also among the latest batch of stolen documents to be released. A 25-page list of employee workplace complaints is published. <laughs> I mean, this just goes on. You're running out of breath. Really? Like, I wonder if, if uh, this was included in the Sony hack. Yes, it was, is the answer. Yes, it was. Like, it doesn't matter what you what you list. Flushing records for, for the executive suite toilets were also included. I mean, it could be anything, right? <laughs> and it doesn't stop there, really. So nearly two weeks into the breach, hackers claiming to be the guardians of peace email Sony employees a poorly worded threat vowing to hurt them and their families if they don't sign a statement detaching themselves from the company. So this alert stated... Many things beyond imagination will happen in many places of the world. Our agents find themselves act in necessary places. Please sign your name to object the false of the company at the email address below if you don't want to suffer damage. If you don't, not only you, but your family will be in danger. There were reports today that some Sony employees have gotten emails from hackers threatening family members of the Sony employees. And very sensitive, confidential information started to appear online, including the multi-million dollar salaries of top Sony executives, social security numbers of employees. These people are prodding and provoking Sony, and they're doing it deliberately. Uh, they are. This is not kind of thing where they just want to go in and steal some movies. They're trying to stick it to Sony and to particular Sony executives. Some Sony Pictures employees are concerned after receiving a rambling email yesterday written in broken English. It asked them to sign a statement cutting ties with Sony. If you don't, the email said, not only you, but your family will be in danger. Sony is still not saying much, but in a memo to Sony staff, CEO Michael Linton says, quote, the privacy and security of our employees are of real concern to us. 
unreal. Just unreal. Yeah. Wow. Uh, th- this is just, it's, it's just getting really messy, isn't it? Yeah. So at this point, North Korea comes out to deny all involvement in the hack while still praising it as a righteous deed. Um, and the day after, a letter posted by the GOP on a file sharing site warned Sony to stop immediately showing the movie of terrorism, which can break regional peace and cause the war. So, side note, at this point, a long list of celebrity alices also gets released. On the following day, there's a full dump of Sony chief Amy Pascal's emails revealing an exchange between Pascal and producer Scott Rudin about Angelina Jolie, in which he writes, I'm not destroying my career over a minimally talented spoiled brat. Even worse is an email exchanged between Pascal and Rudin where they list President Obama's favourite movies. All of them are black themed, uh, setting off a firestorm of criticism and accusations of racism. (laughs) Oh, my God. So this seems pretty outrageous for a tech giant like Sony, don't you think? (laughs) Yeah, that's... Oh, gosh. Stunning fallout after the Hollywood hacking at Sony. Now we learn private emails about big stars, including Angelina Jolie, have been made public. The hacking scandal that has embarrassed movie giant Sony, now even messier after private emails about the A-list of the A-list were leaked. Those exchanges reportedly showing a top producer criticizing Angelina Jolie's talent and ego, other emails even making racial remarks about President Obama, Sony employees bashing Adam Sandler's movies. And if you're curious to know what stars call themselves when they're trying to stay incognito, well, now we know. Tom Hanks goes by Johnny Madrid. Sarah Michelle Gellar sneaks around as Neely O'Hara. Jessica Alba is cash money. Actor salaries, bonuses, passwords, you name it. Oh, and now private emails. A series of racist emails between a Sony Pictures executive and one of Sony's top film producers prompted public apologies today. The subject of the messages, Barack Obama. And the email insults didn't end there. They then rhyme off a list of films for making small talk with Obama, all of which star black actors. Yeah, so it gets so messy. Um, And after this hit the headlines, Rudin apologised for her racially insensitive remarks about President Obama, saying, private emails between friends and colleagues written in haste and without much thought or sensitivity, even when the content of them is meant to be in jest, can result in offence where none was intended. I made a series of remarks that were meant only to be funny, but in the cold light of day, they are in fact thoughtless and insensitive and not funny at all. This this just goes to show that when someone says, you know, with the privacy argument, I've got nothing to hide, like... Everybody has something Everyone. that they don't want to be public in some sort of way, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This this just went so br- like deep and broad. This this data breach, like yeah, everything seems to be out. Yes. So by this time, the media are rightly asking, should Amy Pascal resign? So can you guys take a guess as to whether she did or not? Uh, I'm gonna go with. She did not. Okay, well, I guess we'll find out later. (laughs) Uh, We'll be right back after commercial, everybody. (laughs) Oh, cliffhanger. Oh, my God. So in the midst of all this, what's happening about the interview, Uh, which seems like it could be the the focal point for for the hack or sort of the the catalyst for the hack in the first place? Well, I I feel like the the interview actually kind of did a bit better because of this, right? I, Probably, I, yeah. I think I watched it because of this. Uh, but, you know, surprisingly, the interview actually premiered uh, amid tight 
security at a hotel theater uh, in downtown LA. Before the film begins, Seth Rogen takes to the stage, thanks Amy Pascal for having the balls to make this movie. Uh, and, and at this time, the... Um... <laughs> <laughs> was that your Seth Rogen impression? I had to do my Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> it was very good. I liked it. That was good, yeah. The FBI is still investigating who's behind this cyber war and whether it could be North Korea's retaliation for the upcoming Sony movie, The Interview. Hello, North Korea! And it's plot to assassinate Kim Jong-un. Want to go kill Kim Jong-un? Totally. And the cause of all this? It could be The Interview. An upcoming movie with a plot line the North Koreans are incensed about. But the film is still coming out on Christmas Day. Right now, the FBI investigating whether North Korea, despite its denials, could be behind the attack. Retaliation for Sony's new movie, The Interview. What can we do you for? The CIA would love it if you two could take him out. Take him out? Like for drinks? No, uh, take him out. You want us to kill the leader of North Korea? Yes. Controversial film at the center of this Hollywood firestorm premiering tonight, where there will be no interviews. If it is the cause for all this mess, well, it could be one of the costliest Sony films ever made. The the movie was still set to open on Christmas Day, uh, but five days after this premiere, the cyber terrorists threatened to attack movie theaters that screened the interview. It's the first time that they've mentioned the film by name in all their badly worded warnings. Uh, part of the warning reads, uh, soon the world will see one awful movie Sony Pictures Entertainment has made. In, in all this commotion, uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco abruptly cancel their promotional tour for the film. But at the same time, Sony is also telling theatre owners that they can pull the interview if they are worried about the threats made by hackers. Uh, many cinema chains declare a ban on the film. After this threat, Landmark Theatres also cancels the New York premiere of the interview and most press screenings. Uh, by the next day, Sony Pictures decides to scrap the planned Christmas Day public release of the interview after the terrorist threatened to blow up theatres that show the film. Uh, Sony also pulls all TV advertising for the interview. We begin here with the growing outrage over Sony pulling that movie. Some say giving in to North Korea. Tonight, the president acknowledging North Korea is behind it. All over the country, those billboards now covered up, posters taken down, the movie, the interview that poked fun at the North Korean dictator pulled. Sony canceling the movie's Christmas release after the hackers threatened American moviegoers and theaters refused to show it. But Sony's president told CNN Today his company had no choice. We have not caved. We have not given in. We have persevered and we have not backed down. But today the hackers took a victory lap, sending Sony a new message, praising the company's very wise decision to halt the movie showing, but threatening more mayhem if the film is ever released, distributed or leaked in any form. North Korea says it has a way to prove its innocence. Meanwhile, Sony says it's exploring other platforms to release this film to the public. Whether that will ever happen remains to be seen. Uh, After scrapping the movie, uh, the hackers contacted Sony again, uh, this time to say that pulling the movie was a very wise decision. Uh, The email went on to imply that as long as the movie was kept out of theatres and elsewhere, the attacks would end. Um, But as we know, and I'm sure as you've likely seen it, Sony eventually released the interview on Christmas Day after all, but only via streaming services for home viewing. I feel like they had all the press that they needed by that point and they didn't want to spend any money. Had a lot of hype. Yeah. Uh, Sony Pictures CEO uh, Michael Linton remarked on the film's eventual release saying, we did not cave, we did not back down. Mm. (laughs) 
but he put much of the blame on the exhibitors who refused to show the interview, uh, which to my mind seems like a very unfair move on his part, really. Why do CEOs always seem, you know, big CEOs seem to blame other people immediately? (laughs) (laughs) Even in Sony's official statement, they claim... The decision not to move forward with December the 25th's theatrical release of the interview was made as a result of the majority of the nation's theatre owners choosing not to screen the film. This was their decision, let's be clear. The only decision that we have made with respect to release of the film was not to release it on Christmas Day in theatres. We had no choice. This our hands were tied response uh, seems baffling to me and kind of disrespectful to the cinema owners that were put in that position because it's it's not like Sony's weak security was a big component of this right <laughs> yeah for sure yeah yeah very interesting I think we might have to leave it there for part one and resume this next week I think so yeah this is a meaty topic and I didn't follow all of the news at the time I just knew that like you know it's going down with Sony I can't get over just how much stuff they were able to get from the company like just i mean every everything yeah 100 100 terabytes like it just yeah it's it's really interesting to see like i I don't know like just how much information that they had like i was reading stories and they gained access to like medical reports from employees of their family as well so if their family had had medical problems they got all the information from it it's just awful yeah i just can't get over i can't get over it's how much blowing I'm... your mind it, it really is <laughs> yeah it's a really bad one you know as much as i like kind of the, the freedom to express anything that i want and you know freedom of speech and, and stuff like that was this movie really worth all this trouble? <laughs> <laughs> oh, almost certainly not. I mean, I've not seen it, but it, probably not. So, Anna, let's let's talk about the uh, the giveaway. The that giveaway. We're doing. So, yeah, this is our final giveaway of the season. So, I would like everyone to try and name our next episode using obviously our one password word generator to come up with four random words to name our next episode. So be genuine, use your first attempt and your hit. Don't just start mashing it to get a really good one. And we'll choose our favourite. And as well as naming our final episode for season three, we'll also send some swag your way. Nice. So this would be using the, the memorable password generator in one password to create a name for the next episode. Like, for sure. Like Pit Huff Skim or a Trait trait Jugular Bulwark. <laughs> oh, are we going now? Okay. Wahoo Myth 3. Yeah, discount Argo Polonium. Oh, that's Choke a good one. Ernest Butler Benison. Oh, that's a good Ooh. one. A woodland lark, joyous. That one's actually quite poetic. Aww. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We're creating haikus here. Woodruff milky, stink ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Done. Mm. That's it. We don't need to run the giveaway. Nope. Matt, you've got it. We're good. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Matt and I took, have taken care of this. Ooh, water rhubarb martini. Guys, water, water rhubarb martini. Jesus, come on. It's perfect. I uh, I wonder if we should just uh, make a password generator where it's only food items. Mm. It will be a lot less secure, but it, it will be, you know, you could generate recipes from there as well. <laughs> Spadeful latest employee cast off. Mm. <laughs> I love how they tell a story. I really like I could ju- just do this for hours. Uh, so should we do a little a little what the phrase? Let's go for it. I like this. This is one of our our last ones, It is, yeah. We're discontinuing what the phrase. So in honour of Halloween next week, I've gone for a Spanish phrase, which is to give someone a pumpkin. All I can think of is rude things. 
I, I don't know why. But... You can only think of rude things all the time, Matt. That's not true. You're usually the rude one. That is true. <laughs> to give someone a pumpkin. I'm Okay, so whenever I hear a what the phrase, I always try to break it down. Is it a positive or a negative? I've got to think this is a positive. Like you're going to give someone a pumpkin. <laughs> is it... Um, Oh, is it like to give someone like a sweet kiss? Like you're like you're giving someone a sweet kiss. Matt, do you want to go? <gasps> Wait, is it like a hickey? Is this like the Spanish like it's like a Spanish version of a hickey? <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> it's not right, but I like oh, it. Oh, damn it. Um, okay, wait. I, I need a clarifying question. Are you actually giving something to someone? Is it is it like a name for something else, or is is the entire phrase a metaphor? It's a metaphor. Is it like a bad gift? Is it like um? Oh, like a dud. Yeah. Is it like um? Oh, I'm I'm going along this thought line now. I'm like I, I wonder whether it's like to push someone off, right? If you if you give them a bad gift, you just kind of like you know you, you're doing the bare minimum to push them away. You are along the right track. Wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna clarify it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get better. It's it's like um is it like when you blow somebody off like you don't show up for something or or you you just you know you, yeah you just you blow somebody off it is <laughs> you've got it right ah, so it's there we go. to reject somebody or to stand them up oh that's not where I was going at all <laughs> oh oh well it's well, where Rue went I like the fact that I almost got awarded it <laughs> but uh, yeah Rue got it nice so it's particularly used in a romantic way so if you stand up a date or you reject a flirtatious move wow all right yeah. mm. I like this. I like this. Gave someone a pumpkin. Matt Matt was late to the show today. He almost gave us a pumpkin. He did. He almost stood us up. How dare you? Jeez. I was having breakfast. Sorry. <laughs> Got better friends in San Francisco. I see. I see how it is. That's fine. Well, I love you, Rue. I'm not sure about Matt. I love you too, Anna. Matt, you have a good day. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll end it there then. <laughs> <laughs> see you on the next one. All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Next time on Random But Memorable, we unfold part two of the Sony hack. Listen to all this and more. At the time, North Korea invited the U.S. to take part in a joint investigation of the Sony attack, claiming its innocence, but warning of, quote, serious consequences if the U.S. retaliates. I'd immediately do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I did it, I'd immediately be like, hey, yeah. do you want to do a, like a joint thing and we'll just work out who did it? <laughs> <laughs> This story is bananas. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I mean, the whole thing, the whole taking the whole thing down, the fact that it might be North Korea as as retaliation for the interview. The North Korean government has the power and the capability and the means and the motive to do this attack. It's a public relations uh, disaster, the likes of which Hollywood has really never seen. Also, don't forget to use the Ask One Password hashtag for your chance to name our next episode and win some One Password swag. Bye.